This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. If you opened your Bible to Ecclesiastes 12 for the reading, just keep it there and keep it open because that is going to be the primary uh, passage that we use this morning. Bob told you that David was sick, and I got the invitation to preach, which I appreciate. But he didn't tell you I didn't get the call till about 2.30 or 3 yesterday afternoon. Uh, I think he wanted to hide that. (laughs) But uh, be that as it may, I love to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful as I can be for every opportunity that I've ever had and for the years that I spent in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a word, a statement at the beginning, our title. I want us to think this morning about God's plan of life. God has a plan for everything. There was no world when there was a God. And he had a plan. And we wound up with a world. God had a plan, and we wound up with man. God had a plan, and He gave us His Word that we might know Him and follow Him, believe in Him, and live according to His will. One of the plans that God had was for the life of man. Every one of us, every single one of us, has had a part in that plan. I know that because each one of us is here. And God had a plan for bring us, bringing us into the world. But once we come into this world, God tells us some things that are going to happen. And some things that are going to affect our lives as we live. And many of them are included here in Ecclesiastes Chapter 12. And I want to take every step of life and our experience after our life is over. And so let us begin. Let us begin with youth. That's where this chapter begins. Verse 1. 
Remember now the Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor clouds return after the rain. That's the first step. When our children are young, when they're growing up, and when they come to the point in their lives when they can begin to think about obeying Jesus Christ and become one of his children. The problem that we have sometimes in that situation is that it's hard for us to understand, well, when is my child old enough? When should I agree that it's time for him or her to become a member of God's family? Well, it's hard for mom and daddy to make those decisions sometime. And it's hard for us to determine when do you reach that, that point in life with your children when they understand sufficiently to take that step. I heard one preacher say it was when they're 20 years old. And all I could do was laugh. I thought surely he did not mean that, but he did. Well, what if it's six? Even I might wonder. But when our children are raised by the right kind of, children, of parents and they don't depend completely upon worship and they don't lean completely upon the teachers of the Bible school, but they teach their children, their sons and their daughters at home what it means to be a Christian and what it means to read the scripture and understand the scripture. And if it's done correctly, it can be done younger, maybe not six. But when mom and daddy have done their job, they can rejoice. When the children walk down the aisle and become one of God's people. But the problem is sometimes that mom and daddy say, I just don't, I'm not sure. I don't think maybe this is the time. So let me just put it off and let me hold it off. But mom and daddy, do you really want to do that? A number of years ago, and I mean a real number of years ago, there was a preacher by the name of Harper. I don't know that you've heard of that preacher, but he preached for years and years, and he did a lot of radio preaching on a radio service that went for years and years and years. And he was a great preacher with great knowledge. And he told about going to a place where he would hold a meeting 
And there was a child there, a little boy, a boy that wanted to become God's child. And his mama and daddy said, he's not ready. The next year, Brother Harper went back to that same place for another meeting. And that mother and that daddy ran out to meet him with tears in their eyes, telling him our boy was killed in a, by a car this last year, and he didn't become God's child. Mama and Daddy, before you take that step, you be sure. And if they want to become God's child, you take every step that's necessary to be sure. Sometimes we have problems because the kids don't want to either. People say, we'll leave the girls out, okay? Although they probably this day probably need to be included boys and girls. But they want to sow their wild oats. And while they sow their wild oats, thus turning away from God, The parents excuse it by saying, well, he's just a boy. He just, a, she's just a young girl. But you cannot grow your wild oats and go to church on Sunday hoping that you'll get rid of them. It doesn't work that way either. Remember the scripture says to us how we are to behave and how we are to believe and how we are to uh, remember the creator in the days of our youth and mama and daddy we need to help them every step of the way step number two middle age and oh, old age. Believe me, I know all about that stage. And Ecclesiastes 12 tells us all about that stage. Let's begin looking in verse 3. Because there's going to be a time in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. That's not talking about the people who might get a broom and sweep it or a mop and, mow, and clean it. That's talking about the spine. And believe me, after my recent back surgery, I know all about that. The 
keeper of the house shall tremble, beginning in verse 3. Uh, the air's bothering my page here. The keeper is the hands. And when you get older, those hands begin to tremble. And that's a part of it. The next step is, and the strong men will bow themselves. Why is that? I had a doctor tell me just this last week, well, you know, the problem, one of the problems you've got now is that your legs are weak and your arms are weak. I know all about that too. And the grinders cease because they are few. I know all about that because I've got more made teeth than I do grown teeth. I'm in that group. And those that look out of the eyes, out of the windows are darkened. What is it that looks out? It's our eyes. I've got problems with those. And the doors, doors shall be shut in the streets. That's the lips. Bless my heart, I still have them. When the sound of the grinding is low and he shall rise up at the voice of, of the bird. And all the daughters of music shall be brought low. The voice is moving away. The almond tree shall flourish. Gray hair. The grasshopper shall be a burden and desire shall fail. We can't do the things we used to do. We can't even deal with a little small animal of some kind. Are the pitcher broken at the fountain? That's our circulation, a part of our body. And then at the end of verse 6, It's going to be broken at the cistern. And that's the heart. That means life is coming to an end. And there's not much we can do about it. Folks, there comes a time When you and I need to begin to think maybe more seriously, I hope we've always been serious, but maybe we need to be a little bit more serious. In determining what we want to do and what we want to accomplish in life. And we'll discover here in just a little bit that one of the things that we need to do above everything in this world 
is to become and be a faithful child of our God. And how sad it can be when we get toward the end of life and we've got a husband and a wife and only one of them is a child of God. And somehow they never have been convinced. A number of years ago, I held a meeting in West Texas. And in that congregation where my daddy preached, by the way, there was a family. The woman was an angel as faithful as a Christian could be and her husband was not I preached three meetings in that place and he never missed a single service and on the third meeting I thought he was going to obey the gospel. The last service. And I extended the invitation of Jesus Christ. And he always sat right by his wife on the second bench. And as he stood there that last day, I saw him and I saw his foot start moving. And I thought, thank you, Lord. And then he went back with it. And then he'd go back again, and he came back again. And I did something that my daddy taught me, and that is I held my hand up to the song leader to stop before we sang that last stanza, and I pled one more time. That foot never came out. And he died in that condition. We all need to take steps to be certain that when we go to glory, we'll both be there. But what follows after the time of life is something of which we are all familiar. It's the seventh verse. Then shall the dust, you know, that's what we're made of. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. God gave it. God made it. God provided for it. But good people, when we die for us, it is all over. John 9 verse 4. 
We must work the works of him that sent us. While it is day. That's before death. For the day, the night is coming when no man can work. We've got a time to do what God wants us to do. And when we die, there is no chance. There is no opportunity. It is over. A few minutes ago, Eric read these last two verses here. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man. Scripture says whole duty of man, but that word duty has been added. That's all there is to man, is to do obedience to God. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Death is going to get us all. We know that. The book of Hebrews tells us, chapter 9, verse 27, as much as it's appointed to man once to die, and after this cometh judgment. What will judgment be for us? When we die, as the old statement is, we die like Rover, he dies all over. And so do we. That body in which we've lived is buried, it decays. And it's gone. But thanks to God, we've got a soul. Man has two bodies. He's got a mortal body, which is the one I just described. And then there is an eternal body. But the question then is, when resurrection comes. Where will that body go? John chapter 5 verses 28 and 29. Marvel not at this. For the hour cometh in which all that are in the tomb shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. But it doesn't stop there. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of judgment. Oh, well, that's not me. I'm not one that does evil. You might want to know how the scripture defines it. Because it's just sin against God. And there's only one way to get rid of the sin, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ, baptized for the remission of sins. 
1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 26. I'm not going to read all of those. But here's what I want you to think of. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing for himself, but what he seeth the, what he seeth the Father doing, for what things soever he doeth, these the Son also doeth in like manner. And now when you get down in that same chapter to the, 15th, to the 50th verse, Paul wrote, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. You've got to die to get there. Or God has to come back while you're alive and take you back. Meet him in the air. Blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Listen to it. Neither doth corruption. That's not the gospel. That's disobedience to the gospel. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Incorruption is the eternal body in the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of God. But you know what that brings us to? That brings us to judgment. Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 to 15. And I will read all of them. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, those who, were die, who died in advance. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. How have you worked before the God of heaven? And death and Hades, here's the result. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, even the lake of fire. And if any was not found written in the book of life, he was cast into the lake of fire. And good people, that leads us to eternity.
Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31, going through uh, 46, is a good message about coming judgment for eternity. Verse 31, the Son of Man will come with his angels and sit on his throne. 22 and 23, all nations, everybody, everywhere. All nations will be gathered before him and divided on the right side and the left. Verse 34, to those on the right, he will say, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But when you get down to 45 and 46, it changes. There God is talking about people who ignored him and did not provide for him the things that he sought. And here's the result. Verses 45, 46. Then shall he answer them. These are on the left saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did not unto me one of these least, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Folks, that gets us to the end of God's plan. You can't change God's plan, no matter how much you would like to. Babies have been born dead, and that's the end for them. Some commit suicide, and that's the end for them. Some just die early, others die late, uh, but whether it's early or late, that's the end. But God's plans don't stop. God's plans are still the same, and judgment waits in the hands of God. God's plan is recorded in the Scripture, and it will never change just because I think I've got a better idea. It doesn't work that way. You bow before God. And not just bow before God. You bow in obedience to God. Obedience that's found from the Scripture, the Word of God. You can't change God's plan and you can't change death. The only thing you have 
is death and how you stand in judgment was determined the very moment that death came upon you. Unless maybe God had already turned away from you because you had lived only an evil life. That brings me to the last question. How will you spend eternity? God made you. That's part of his plan. To have free moral agency. And since you have the free moral agency that God gave to you, only you will make the choice of heaven or hell. God does not make that choice. But he tells you in his plan that it's there if you do not follow him. What it's saying is that your choice is yours. What it's saying here is that the purity of your life is not depended by God. It's depended by you and your obedience to God. And that simply says that your eternal choice is in your hands. And I want to con conclude this morning with a little story about my daughter. Years and years ago, we moved to Fort Worth, Texas, where I had been asked to come and preach. And so we reached a point where it was time to move from Missouri down to Texas, into Fort Worth, where, thank the Lord, I was born. <laughs> Eric was on the way. But he waited to be born in Fort Worth. He's always been a smart boy. But at that point in life, Jesslyn was probably three or so. And that made Millie have a lot of trouble with a three-year-old and a new baby. So I tried to do my share. And I was getting ready to hold a meeting just in a congregation north of Fort Worth when Justin was probably four or five. And I told Millie, I said, I'll tell you what, I've got to go over there. I know the preacher. He's a friend, and he won't mind if I bring Justin with me, so I'll just take her with me. Well, what does a daddy do to talk to a four or five-year-old? Well, this one made lots of mistakes. But as we traveled on the way, 
Jesslyn and I started talking. The first mistake was I tried to explain to this five-year-old about heaven. And we went through some discussion. And I tried to tell her that it was a place that God had made for us and where he lived. And it had no beginning. It had no end. And she looked at me and said, Daddy, everything has a beginning or an end. Look at the car. It has a front and a back. Pretty good for a five-year-old. But she wasn't through. And I wasn't either. Because she had another question. And that was, can Pepper go to heaven? That was her dog. And a stupid father tried to tell her why it couldn't. And that's with a capital S. And bless her heart, she still wasn't through. And she looked at me. I'm sorry. But she said, Daddy, will you be there when I get there? And I couldn't do anything but cry. Well, there's a question. It's not from me. It's not even from Jessalyn. It's from God. What will you do with Jesus? If you haven't taken the step Obeying the gospel to prepare for heaven. God awaits. Jesus looks and he pleads and he asks and he cries. And he says, Come to me. All things are ready. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Repent of sins. Confess His precious name. And step right into this baptistry this morning, which awaits you already, just waiting on you as Jesus waits. What will you do with Jesus? The answer is yours. Will you come to Jesus while we stand and while we sing? The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio. 
OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.